and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 29 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now we are recording this today on Sunday, the 17th of April, 2022, and we've got about a two and a half week recap to fill you guys in on. And in these past seven days alone, man, comp season has officially kicked off here in Australia and we've already had two shows under our belts with a few of our teammates. So now we're going to give a recap on that and uh, let's get into it, Jack. So we had the first show of the season last week, which was the ICN Sunshine Coast show. So how did your teammates go? Yeah, great. So we had three competitors there. I had Scott and Alex and both, well, everyone there was a first time competitor um, out of team TBD and they both did an excellent job. Um, very uh, smooth peak weeks and very predictable peak weeks as well, which is what you want. And I think they both came in really great condition, especially being first time competitors. So Alex did mainly uh, bodybuilding. Um, he dabbled in some men's physique as well. Um, he was a little bit too big for men's physique. <laughs> I even heard, heard Jason on the mic. Like, you know, Alex was up there as probably the biggest, most conditioned guy. But he was like, mm. here in men's physique, we're not looking for a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Even though at the Olympia, they're basically bodybuilders in board shorts. But That's absolutely right. Yeah, I'm glad you guys gave it a crack, though. Mm. You know, because you've seen some other coaches. They'll throw some big guys in there in physique. And... It depends on who shows up on the day. You know, if it's a big muscular lineup, then yeah, sometimes you can, you know, push the boundaries and potentially have a bodybuilder in board shorts and do quite well. Mm. I guess a disclaimer is that like, we say bodybuilders in board shorts, but if Big Rami put on some board shorts, he probably wouldn't do that well. <laughs> what size would those board shorts be to fit those quads, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Alex did great in bodybuilding. He like won a few of his categories. So mm. coming first in, I believe, uh, first timers and novice and his age category as well. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, think- not age category, his um, weight. weight category. And then he came uh, third in the Opens. Yeah, and it was a pretty competitive lineup in the Opens there mm. with James well, op- and Taps. Open slash overall. Yeah, they had James and they had Taps and they had Alex and quite a few other competitors. So that's what you want, man, especially for the first show of the season, at least here in Queensland. Like, it, you know, the Sunshine Coast show, it generally is that, like, warm-up show before the Brisbane Classic and before Nationals. But, boy, when you rock up, you want to be standing up against good competition. Mm, for sure, yeah. And I think ICN, especially in Queensland, the ICN, ICN shows always have a really good number of competitors. Mm. But my other competitor was Scott, who if there was an award for most number of categories done <laughs> on the day, that would undoubtedly be given to Scott. I think he stepped on stage a total of nine times. Yes. And so he did uh, men's fitness, men's physique, and classic physique as well. I would say probably men's uh, men's fitness on the day was his strongest division, mm. especially because he was most fresh for that. And he won his age category, and I think he placed second in the Opens. Mm. So I, this uh, this coming week uh, for the Brisbane Classic, where got our sights set on some competitive results in the fitness division and men's physique as well, after we've been fine-tuning some posing elements as well. Uh, I was very happy with his um, conditioning, though. I think that was pretty spot on for what they're looking for and yeah he also did great in in men's physique as well and 
Uh, he put on a good show for Classic, but uh, we will be definitely a lot more selective with how many entries we choose mm-hmm. this time. Um, but I think it was really great for Scott to choose a variety of different categories and just make the most of his first competition experience. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's why that show generally provides a really good opportunity, especially for competitors who are between categories and between divisions to kind of test the waters and dabble in a few. And then the judges, based on their feedback, will be like, yes, you should definitely pursue this route. And then that gives you a really good indication for which one you should then enter into in the following shows. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, Scott, he definitely had stamina on the day, for <laughs> sure. You know, that ninth category still holding a smile. You got to give it to him. Mm. Well, yeah, that's that's my recap from the guys. And they both loved their first show, which was mm. really good. And yeah, this we've had the IFBB show, but I'll let you give some feedback on your competitors. Yeah, so I just had one competitor compete last weekend at the ICN show, and that was Kate Archibald. And Kate, she competed in figure. And she actually ended up taking out first place in both Figure Classic and Miss Figure, which was just so awesome to see, honestly. And I feel like Kate, she's kind of making a name for herself right now in the natural bodybuilding scene and potentially even the enhanced bodybuilding scene too. I've given her a new nickname and it is officially the Natty Dark Horse. (laughs) That is Kate Archibald. But for those who have been following along at home or at least following along with this podcast for quite a number of months, you've obviously heard us talk about our competitors in the past. And if you've ever heard me spout Kate's name quite a few times across these past few months, you might've heard me mention like, oh, I've got this client Kate. She's competing in sports model and fitness. She's competing in wellness. She's competing in IPB bikini. She's competing in ICN figure. Kate is certainly one of a kind, and I just kind of wanted to take this opportunity to just give a little bit of a backstory and kind of explain why Kate hasn't necessarily gone upon like a traditional conventional prep for her very first season, because there's no denying she has a physique that is one of a kind. It's the genetic elite combined with just a ridiculous, relentless work ethic for sure. But It's something that I've personally never seen as a coach, just a competitor literally outgrow divisions as they go throughout a prep. So Kate, she's actually only been lifting for about one and a half years now since we've started working together. She comes from like a background of very competitive sports and everything like that. But when we first signed up together, like late 2020, she was only around 63 kilograms. And from the very get-go, like, I just saw so much potential in her. But I was like, woman, you've got to commit to a solid building phase, and we need to eat. Mm. (laughs) And I swear, for those first few months, like, during our check-ins, I was just like, Kate, did you eat your 400 grams of carbs (laughs) every day, not just Wednesday? So really pushing her to commit to that solid building phase and really just take full advantage of her potential because it was just very evident from the get-go that she just has like almost superhuman strength, which then inspired her last year to actually do a powerlifting stint alongside Willie Riley. And Kate ended up winning her powerlifting competitions, even beating all the dudes. She lifted like a 400 kilogram total plus in her very first comp, which was just outstanding. And then off the back end of her powerlifting comp, we went straight into prep. And we actually only started prep at 23 weeks out. 
And I think coming off the back end of that powerlifting stint, one, like Kate just knows how to train really hard. You know, she knows how to go there, like really apply that level of intensity, but also because powerlifting, it's obviously a lower level of volume training compared to bodybuilding. Then transitioning to more of a hypertrophy based training style for bodybuilding, doing a lot higher volume training. I swear she's probably still growing this week, but like, especially during those first months of prep, she just continued to grow. And initially our plan of attack was like, yeah, let's just give competing a shot. You know, I still think you'll definitely be competitive, but we were aiming for those like sports model and the fitness ranks in ICN. But then we were like eight weeks into prep and Kate sent me a check-in photo and it was of a rear shot. And I was like, geez, Louise, like the size, right? Like, and just like how her hamstrings and glutes were starting to come through. So I proposed to her, I was like, hey, you know, for shits and gigs, do you want to give IFBB wellness a crack? <laughs> and she was like, she's, she was on board, right? But then it became apparent to me that Kate, she has a lot of symmetry, right? Like she's quite proportionate in her lower and upper body. But the thing about wellness is that it's one of the few bodybuilding divisions that they're not actually looking for you to be proportionate lower to upper. They want you to have a much more dominant lower body and still a good upper body, but much more bottom heavy. So then we transitioned over to IFBB bikini, but then she was about like eight weeks out at that point. She sent me another check-in photo and I was like, oh my gosh, like this rear shot, it's really pushing it. So we either need to stop dieting now, or we probably need to go back to wellness. And Kate's like, okay, cool. Well, I don't want to stop dieting. <laughs> like she's one of those people, you know, like I want to see how far I can take this. So we swapped back over to IFBB wellness. Then those floods hit here in Queensland and Kate had a week where she didn't have to go to work. She got to sleep in, right? Chill out a little bit more. She dropped like two and a half kilograms in fluid that week, just from not having to wake up super early, train really late at night. She showed up to an ICN posing workshop like six weeks out and just like dropping that fluid, she just showed up just looking insanely conditioned. And, you know, she was doing some tricep flexes in her booty pops and she had like tricep feathers. And Jason Woodforth, the ICN Queensland president, like came up to me and he was like, she's just pushing the boundaries, man. You know, like she is, she's very impressive, but like it's, it's almost too good if she wants to actually pursue the ICN fitness route. So then at six weeks out, we had to make that call. Okay, do we stop dieting now or do we take on Jason's advice and actually pursue the figure route? And once again, Kate didn't want to give up. She wanted to keep pushing. So that's what then caused us at six weeks out to then keep pushing for conditioning and actually start to pursue figure. So that's where we are now. And across these past 23 weeks, Kate actually knows how to pose for two different federations and seven different divisions, which is just absolutely wild. So now she's fully just pursuing ICN figure and IFBB figure as well, which is just really exciting to see. And it makes me really happy as well because she's she was clearly one of those athletes, like we spoke about with Scott, right? Who like kind of lands between categories, but now she knows that she can, you know, she's found her home. She belongs in figure. She can just fully pursue it and just take her physique to the highest level and just go to her greatest potential. She doesn't have to hold back at all in terms of growth or anything like that. So it's very, very exciting to see. And I'm ridiculously happy for her. And honestly, it's just 
crazy to think that she's only been training for 1.5 years. You know, she's talking about going into a two-year improvement season after this. So she's going to have more time improving and building more than she's already been training. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, it's been great to see her progress working with you. And I'm, I'm personally very much looking forward to seeing what she can achieve with a two-year off-season. Yeah, it's very exciting. She's talked along the grapevine about obviously doing another powerlifting stint because, boy, when you're that strong, why the hell not? She wants to do strong woman as well. Wouldn't even be surprised if the woman somehow ends up in CrossFit. And then <laughs> in a few years down the track, we'll just have to tee up for some sort of world championship. <laughs> Season B, go over to WNBF, you know, maybe do the natural bodybuilding over in Vegas with IMBA. Who knows? But she has a ridiculously exciting future ahead of mm. her yeah the sky's the limit yeah should be good but that was the first show of the season a great one and then we've got the next icn show coming up in one week from now which should be another great one we've been anticipating this three weeks of back-to-back shows for sure and now it's sunday and yesterday on saturday we actually had the ifbb Queensland state titles here. It's always nice when the venue is only a 20 minute drive from us, eh? Mm, Much preferable to the other side of the country. Absolutely. Don't have to catch a flight, rent a car. We can just drive there and uh, say goodbye to the dogs and be like, hey, we'll be back in a few hours. (laughs) A little bit of a day trip. How good. But yesterday I had two clients competing at the IFBB state show here in Queensland. So I had Chloe Spring. She was doing bikini and then decided to enter Kate into the figure lineups as well because I truly believe that she was just capable of holding her own up there and the IFBB show just in general right like the caliber of athletes obviously just keeps getting better every single year but boy especially after these past few years of a lot of IFBB shows being canceled unfortunately due to COVID yesterday it was stacked I think it was one of the most stacked shows that Queensland's ever seen for IFBB Mm. Yeah, I was in the crowd for the whole eight hours, so I saw everyone, every competitor. (laughs) Yeah, boy, but congratulations, right, to like Cam George for taking that home, because I remember we saw him compete in bodybuilding back in 2019, Mm -hmm. and then to see him come back a number of years later, well improved, and take out the overall, that was awesome. Yeah, I've seen a couple of classic physique IFB shows, and probably the I don't know the guy who won it personally, but I thought he looked pretty incredible. Probably my favorite classic physique competitor that I've seen in person. Mm, Yeah, I missed his showing on stage. I saw it on uh, the IFBB page, but Mm. was he a good poser? Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's Mm. great. I think Pete Hartwig helped him out. Yeah, well, then you can trust he probably had a pretty damn good routine, right? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I had Chloe and Kate. They both went out there. So Kate uh, was in figure on first. They were on around two o'clock and not going to lie, man, right? Like this was a different league compared to ICN. That first show, there was a lot more competitors. And of course, being the IFBB, we know that it is an enhanced league. So when you are a natural bodybuilder there, of course, it can be a little bit intimidating. And uh, sometimes just seeing other competitors backstage pumping up alongside you, there's no doubt that there's, there's people there and they sometimes look a little bit ginormous and they can be quite intimidating. But Kate, you know, she stayed headstrong. She really held her own. And I think yesterday, it just goes to show that it's not a size game, you know, and it's not a bulging vein game. It's 
really figure it is about of course muscularity and conditioning but it's about symmetry and proportion and they still want the women to get up there and just have amazing stage presence and amazing posing and still really hold their femininity as well and I think that's exactly what Kate did she got out on stage she held her own she was undoubtedly the best figure poser up there on the day and I think she really shocked quite a few people because she was quite a bit of an underdog coming into that show. I think she was the smallest competitor up there in that lineup, but she actually came home with first place in novice and she actually was tied center stage in the open lineup, which was just remarkable. And that was probably one of the most competitive open figure lineups that Queensland or potentially even Australia has ever seen, at least in quite a number of years. But for Kate to be moved into the center and for the whole crowd to be cheering for her, and she ended up getting second place in opens, a very close second. And even at the end, as she was walking off stage, Tony Doherty pulled her over and just gave her a few words of encouragement. Like it was a very, very close call with the judges. And he said firsthand to her, like he really wanted her to come down in a week's time to Melbourne and give it another red hot crack. So yeah. Kate holding her own as a natty up there and coming home with a gold and a silver. Very, very inspiring, I think, to a lot of other competitors who might, once again, just be a little bit intimidated, at least as a figure competitor in the IFBB, right? It goes to show it can be done. Yeah, I think Kate definitely proved that. And it certainly is, compared to ICN, like just the vibe and the, the competitors, it's a different ball game. Mm. And yeah like i'm sure a lot of natural competitors are a bit intimidated or scared to test the waters of ifpv and now we know a number of people including kate who have given it a shot and been fairly successful Mm -hmm. absolutely like i can't wait in these future years for demo to stand up on that stage because i know last year he was going to give classic physique a shot but unfortunately the show got cancelled we saw our good friend and your previous coach, Alan Mayo. He stood up there and he did actually really well mm. in classic physique. He even came home with a first place back in 2019. Mm. Yeah, in, in uh, first timers, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, honestly, like if you think that you can hold your own up there, just give it a hot crack and just see where you stand. Because, again, it's not a size game. It's an everything game it's about your muscularity and your conditioning and your proportions and your stage presence and boy it really is a sport of illusions like you can just look like a better bodybuilder but not have nearly the same amount of weight on you as someone else if you do come in with just different length muscle bellies and different conditioning and everyone's put together a little bit differently right like even cam george yesterday he wasn't the biggest guy but he was the best bodybuilder Mm. Yeah. Bodybuilding is a sport of genetics. It is. But it's also a sport of illusions. And it's derived the- from genetics. Yeah. <laughs> but boy, you know, just dive in and just give it a shot, right? Mm. But yeah, very huge congratulations to Kate. And uh, now she will be deciding to actually go down to nationals next Saturday. It's going to be the most wild weekend of her life because she'll be doing nationals on Saturday flying home late Saturday night and then first thing Sunday morning she's on stage at the ICN Brisbane Classic to back it up so it should be pretty crazy man next weekend <laughs> I'll be along for the ride and the flights too 
But Chloe as well, so my client Chloe Spring, she also competed yesterday in Bikini First Timers, Bikini Novice, and Bikini Open. And my God, you know, you can't fault Chloe. So much just anticipation for Chloe to step on that stage yesterday has been built up. And boy, did she just bring it, you know, like her package was just absolutely sensational. She peaked perfectly, like it was very clear that she's been posing with a professional from more than one year out. She's practiced that posing routine over 10,000 times. I've probably been sent it via text message about a thousand times (laughs) for critiques. But just to see Chloe stand up there on stage yesterday and absolutely shine and freaking own it was something that I will remember for the rest of my life. So yeah, can't falter, honestly. She brought the best package that she possibly could. Just that perfect combination of balance between upper and lower. She was ridiculously conditioned as well. Her stage presence, she just like, her bikini, her hair, like it was the whole package. But unfortunately, it's just the name of the game. And yesterday, unfortunately, the results just didn't work in our favor. And it just, the judges didn't go that way. You know, I feel like in an alternative universe, Chloe could have been cleaning up yesterday and winning first place. That could have been totally justified. And that probably would have been justified in previous seasons. But it seems as though the judges yesterday were going for very, very conditioned girls, you know, not quite the look that Chloe brought to stage yesterday. And that's no fault by any means on Chloe as an athlete. And I'm actually just really proud of her, you know, because there's no doubt we had very, very high expectations going to this show. You know, Chloe's a very competitive person. She wants to win, right? And as a coach, I supported her and I wanted her to win as well. And we brought the absolute best that we could, but yesterday it just wasn't what they were looking for. But luckily Chloe's already had judges feedback, right? We've got a plan in place for this next week moving forward to just really bring it home and uh, just show up on that national stage in six days time and just with a fresh panel of judges, right? With a fresh pair of eyes and just give it another red hot crack. Mm. Yeah, well, if I'm not a bikini expert by any means, but I had Chloe in my top three for each of her categories. And mm. I, interestingly, like, because I watched the whole show and probably for every divisional category, like bodybuilding, classic, figure, wellness, like I had a good idea of like the top three and I was correct probably like 90% of the time, but not necessarily the order, but definitely in the top three. Mm. And bikini was the only one where like I was quite wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But that's again, bikini, right? Obviously it's a subjective sport, but if mm. there's one category that is the most subjective of them all, it's definitely going to be bikini. Cause mm. like it's, it's not like judging bodybuilding. It's not like judging the most conditioned and symmetrical and muscular dude up there. Bikini, it's the whole package. And yeah, sometimes they just go for slightly different looks, right? But uh, yeah, it's no reflection on Chloe at all. And what I really admired about Chloe is that she, even after she, after she came off stage for those first timers and she wasn't placed in the top three, like she didn't let it knock her, man. Like she has a champion mindset. She stayed so headstrong and she continued to just go out on stage every single time and just battle it out. Like she posed her freaking heart out. Like she made sure the judges knew who she was. Like they're not gonna forget who Chloe Spring is. Mm. (laughs) You know, next week, like she's definitely gonna come back and she's gonna absolutely kill it. So 
yeah, it's, it's all about the comeback, right? There's this saying, it says that the wolf at the top of the hill is not as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. So that is Chloe. She's the TBD wolf and uh, she will make a comeback. I have no doubt. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. But boy, bring it on, you know, six more days and be down in Melbourne for IFBB. And uh, yeah, it's one hell of a season so far. But man, road to 2023. We've been talking about quite a few other people today. How have you been for these past two and a half weeks, Jack? I've been pretty decent. (laughs) Some of you might be able to tell I've got a slightly croaky voice. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing the last week is mainly been inside. Um, fortunately, it's been a deload week for the past week for me. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been at 100%. And yeah, that's been uh, a little bit difficult, of course. But like, I guess, uh, fortunate in the sense that it did coincide with a deload week. Um, so I could just focus on recovery, which was good. I do start training from tomorrow. So I'm a little, little bit worried with how that's going to go because... Um, I have not trained since Monday, so I know I'm going to get very sore and I'm not, I'm not usually like I just brush the doms off, but I, I do know how sore I'm going to get and it's not going to be very pleasant. Mm. So I will probably have to lower my volume in these first few sessions to, uh, so I don't get too sore because I don't want to, what will happen is I'll do this upper session tomorrow and then I'll be so sore. I can't actually train on Thursday which is my next push session. So mm-hmm. same with legs on Tuesday. If I train too hard on Tuesday, then I will not be able to train legs on Friday. So I need to um, be cautious. Yeah. Well, notoriously, like whenever you experience something like this, is it just overall soreness or are there always just specific muscle groups where you're like, oh God, I know that's going to hurt mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, it's mainly my glutes and my chest, I would say. Mm. Yeah. And I haven't actually been this, like I haven't had an episode of sickness and then had to go back to training and I've lost some weight as well, just because my appetite was really poor, Mm. had to mix up my food choices a bit to be able to eat enough. The blender has been getting a bit of attention. It has. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of food blended and some, which probably shouldn't be blended, but it's been chucked in there anyway. (laughs) And there are no rules. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how it goes and hopefully everything goes to plan, mm-hmm. which I'm sure it will. Other than that though, like training and nutrition has been quite good. Honestly, like in a really good spot with body composition at the moment um, at about, like I'll probably get back to 90 kilos quite quickly and uh, food's been upped slightly as well recently. So at like uh, 600 carb now, finally, which I think I've been chilling at 575 for probably six months, I would I would mm. say, which is a long time. But You really milked that. <laughs> I did. Uh, so 600 carb, 80 fat, and 275 protein on a training day. And yeah, just uh, slowly aim to increase body weight um, until probably the end of May or early June, which is when we've scheduled in a mini cut. And I, like I, we were, to, I was talking with AJ. We both think that I'm, I don't really need a mini cut for the sake of body composition change. But like one, it will be our for one. I would have been in a, a surplus for over a year straight by then, which is a long time. Two, I'll probably need it for some appetite resensitization. Uh, three, it'll be good to see how I respond in a deficit. And four, if I don't take a mini cut now, then I will probably gain too much weight by the end of the year 
which is when we have our next mini cut planned anyway. So mm. I it's either take a mini cut now or have to lose like 10 kilos in a mini cut at the end of the year to then do the pre-prep phase for comp prep, which wouldn't really work out. It's too much weight to lose in a pre-prep phase. Yeah, I think sticking to this plan, which you guys have been hypothesizing all along is, is a really good idea because it's just gonna set you up in such a good position for your starting point, honestly. Because I think we're always reminded once we go into a dieting phase, it's like, oh man, like, did I really need that extra weight on me? You know, like, mm. do I really need those extra four kilograms sort of thing, considering that I'm still maintaining my strength, right? Being four kilograms lighter or that sort of thing. I think a lot of bodybuilders are always humbly reminded of that. Like, maybe I actually don't need to push my body weight that high up. Yeah, definitely. And like for starters, I'm estimating my stage weight to be very similar. So probably 78 kilos, Mm. which means that I might need to go lower than that to actually then achieve a stage weight, like maybe 76 and then carb up to 78 or something. Um, And yeah, that means like 2018, I was 76, 2021, I was 76 to 78. And this season, I'm probably going to be, or the 2023 season is probably going to be similar. Mm. And Yeah, I think obviously I'll have more muscle, but it's going to mean that I'll have more density as well. I'll be leaner, of course, etc. It's going to bring a much better look. Let's say if you and AJ hit the mark, you know, three or four weeks out from your first show, and then you can just diet break or you can just go to maintenance. It's only going to improve the look and you're actually just going to feel better toward the end of prep. But what a dream to only have to lose like eight to 10 kilograms in a prep compared to the standard 15 most people lose, at least in bodybuilding. Yeah, or they try and lose too much and they don't come in conditioned enough. Yeah, exactly. Not you. Like, you are going to be absolutely papery. You and me both. That's the goal. (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. We're certainly putting... We're doing everything we need to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much everything. Um, You can tell why we're not doing these episodes super frequently because... Like it's, it's pretty much remaining quite samey. But also right now, it's just the busiest time of the year so far, just Mm. with all of the shows and work and it is just very busy right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Like in terms of training, I don't think there's any changes on the horizon. Uh, My knee is, is slowly getting better. It's responding well to some changes I've made to my, with my physio. Uh, I'm still doing some safety bar squats at the moment instead of the hack squat and yeah i want to eventually transition back to a hack but i'm not going to do that prematurely because i don't want to be back to square one again and rdls are going strong um probably still my favorite lift um at about the 190 kilo mark at the moment which yeah hopefully push up to 200 i think i estimated like by halfway through the year it's probably going to take a little longer than that because like especially a little bit of a setback being sick but we'll see how they go Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but that's it from me i don't think there's anything else to mention but super pumped to finish the rest of this comp season with the team and certainly given me a a new perspective not a new perspective obviously but it's refreshed my perspective on bodybuilding which is always nice um because like the last shows that we we attended ourselves was uh our own shows back in almost a year ago now so yeah 
it was really good to 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 go to these and attend them the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. and have clients there obviously yeah no doubt it's it's funny though you know like they're still just as exhausting i feel for mm. the for the coaches as the clients as well because boy you're running around all day too you know getting resistance bands and candies and water and taking pictures and yeah everyone's just kind of like a kind of crazy person with a like a chicken with their head cut off mm. <laughs> But boy, do you rack up step counts at shows. <laughs> yeah, you do. And you certainly lose weight afterwards as well. <laughs> anyway, how's your couple of weeks been? Yeah, so uh, at the beginning of last week, I did wrap up my dieting phase. So 10 weeks in the books. And during that time, my weight dropped down from a peak of 70 kilograms down to 64.3 kilograms. To be honest, I'm aiming for that 64 kilograms and I'm not even going to lie. I actually think my true body weight is 64 right now, or maybe even like 63.9. But the thing is, unfortunately toward the very tail end of that diet, like that last week, like I've just been experiencing quite a few negative consequences for dieting. The main thing that always impacts me is just my sleep, like just the insomnia And I've just been waking up at ridiculous early hours of the morning, which has been very unpleasant. So I'm talking about like waking up at 2.30 in the morning and just not being able to get back to bed or waking up at 2.30 and then like kind of laying there in a half days, sleeping for another half an hour, waking up at 3.30. It's just been really unpleasant. And I think that's one of the main reasons why my body weight also, like my true tissue weight isn't being reflected on that scale because I'm weighing in at like 3.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, a normal 6 a.m. or something like that. But either way, like I just wasn't feeling all my best toward the end. And I decided to not keep feeling like, for lack of a better term, trash (laughs) just to get hung over like 300 grams. So decided to just stop the dieting phase at the end of that 10 week mark. And I started reversing from there. And I just felt a little bit zapped last week. I think because my mind is obviously just very preoccupied right now with my work. I'm just so heavily invested in my clients that could be potentially be playing in with why I'm just not sleeping really well either. So last week I did take a deload week where I went swimming, went for some nice walks. I did just a few low key gym sessions And my dieting macros, they ended up at 180 grams of carbs, 35 grams of fat, and 140 grams of protein. And during this last week, I've now upped my carbs up to 250 grams, fats up to 40 grams, and protein up to 150 grams. And my weight is still maintaining at 64.3 kilograms. But unfortunately, like I am still just not sleeping very well either. (laughs) So... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just holding out for my sleep to get back in check um, and my body to just really relax and just really recover. And I think I'm just, I have that whoosh kind of coming off me, but I am just really excited, man, to just get just some more calories and some more energy into me and just really hit the gym hard again, right? Just like get back that improvement season mojo where I just like have that drive and that desire to just pick up 52.5 kilogram dumbbells and just already yelled them, you know, because yeah, certainly a few months ago I was saying like, yeah, I'm getting that itch to diet. Can confidently say I've scratched (laughs) that itch. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, I'm almost down to the bone now. And I'm like, yeah, it's time to, uh, it's time to get some more energy into me now. Mm. Don't deny though. Like this is definitely the best I've ever looked at 64 kilograms, least amount of body fat I've ever had on me at this weight. And just excited to just get back into some hard training, start filling out with a few more carbs and um, just really, really see everything that I have been building underneath. Mm. Because in those final few weeks, I definitely was feeling like a smaller person. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think when we met, you were, what, 57? Yeah, 57, 58. To be honest, I probably had a similar amount of body fat on me Mm. at that point that I do now. So yeah, it's exciting times, but it is, it is interesting, you know, just um, feeling like this at this body weight, which I've never felt before. It's obviously a result of being pretty aggressive with my diet, of course, but it goes to show that I have another year of growth under my belt before I'll actually be entering into a prep. So yeah, I'm probably, I'm going to put at least a few hundred grams on my previous stage weight. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> but yeah, um, I did wrap that up and keep continue to report in future how everything goes but it's just nice to know that you know finish the job right really happy with everything lost like seven centimeters off my waist and almost six kilograms on the scale which hopefully next time I can report back like my body just does get that whoosh effect which I think a lot of people can relate to as well because even me on 250 grams of carbs man like I'm still only eating around 2000 calories a day. Like I know truly with my energy expenditure, that would still probably have me in a very, very slight deficit. Mm. I just need to stop waking up at 2.30 in the morning. It's just rough, right? Cause like you wake up that early and like, I just, I feel wide awake and I'm just like, well, better start doing shiz. Like by the time you get to the gym in the morning at like 9 a.m., you feel like you've like already lived for half the day. Right? So, like, the day is just really, really long. Yeah, I, you know how much I hate sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brings up PTSD from prep, right? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I've been able to sleep through it still. Mm. It's interesting what you get accustomed to, though. You're like, you wake up at 4 a.m. or something, maybe one day, and you consider that a sleep in. <laughs> yeah. So, it's the little things. <laughs> but I know I'm going to be feeling a lot better once I've got. Um, more sleep in me because I just kind of feel a little bit feel a little bit fuzzy like I feel like I'm going about life just ticking boxes doing the do but I just don't feel 100% present life is just a little bit hazy sort of thing I don't feel 100% mindful Mm. like I usually do kind of like being jet lagged yeah yeah it's like a it's like being a little bit hung over Mm. Mm, like the next day <laughs> you've been hung over before <laughs> yeah i'll admit it <laughs> but anyway jack that's that was a pretty good wrap up you know over 40 minutes we're going on now but one thing that you want to improve this next week yeah so i think that's pretty simple for me just try and not get excessive doms and don't go too hard on those first few sessions back because mm-hmm. i know i'll regret it mm-hmm. my body will regret it what about you though my circadian rhythm. <laughs> mm. Just give me the snooze, brah. Just let me sleep in. That's what I want to improve. Mm. I think it's just going to come with just, just more calories. And why haven't you tried melatonin? Just because it's hard to get now in Australia. Yeah, you can't buy it over the counter. Uh, and to be honest, because it's only been these past two weeks, I know that with shipping, like but if I order it, it'll probably be here in a week. And now that I'm reverse dieting, I'm confident that as the days go on, I'll continue to get more and more sleep. So I feel like almost as if by the time melatonin arrives and I've got a bottle of 200 pills or something, I'm like, 
well, I'm just going to have to keep this in the cupboard for maybe next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just going to suck it up and just keep soldiering on. Yeah. Well, I've got a, like, I think a couple pills of melatonin and ashwagandha if you want it. You do? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How have I missed those? I don't know. You didn't ask. Oh, my God. Was, we, have, we have two cupboards in our kitchen. One's for food. The other one's for supplements. <laughs> yeah. Both, and, both the same size. Yeah. And VPA is very generous to us. So, like, which, I guess things just get hidden behind the protein bags. Mm. Well, you haven't done our annual clean out yet. No. Okay. Well, let's go there after the podcast. But guys, I'm going to go find myself some melatonin. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode. If you did enjoy it, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD. If you think we're worthy, please remember to give us a five-star rating on either Spotify or iTunes. And we'll catch you for the next episode.